Grab your mason jars, strap on that apron. It's time for Canning with the Diva. Making her mark across the globe. Teaching you how to safely preserve delicious recipes. Please welcome your host, Diane Devereaux, the Canning Diva. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Diane Devereaux, the Canning Diva, and I am so happy to be back in my studio recording. I have been on an ex- unexpected hiatus, which has prompted me to create this episode of Canning with the Diva. I have titled it, What Preparedness Recently Taught Me. And I'm about to share um, what my last uh, few weeks has been like. And for those of you new to tuning in, uh, be sure to subscribe to my channel if you have not done so already. That way you can be alerted every time a new episode airs and you can stay up to date with everything we've got going on over at Canning with the Diva. So for those of you who have not followed me on social media at Canning Diva, uh, you may not be aware that I broke my ankle March 20th. I had to have surgery. Uh, I also tore a ligament. So uh, yes, uh, now I will be setting off metal detectors at every airport. (laughs) But uh, thanks be to God, everything is healing well. And I am happy to say that I'm already up a bit more walking with the assistance of my crutches. Um, Sadly, I'm not in a position to start canning yet, but I am very positive by the end of May, I will be right back at it. Uh, But what I've recently been through is exactly what I refer to when teaching food preservation classes. Um, When I talk about food preservation, it is so vital to us uh, in times of disaster. And many of you will hear me say disasters are relative. And this recent medical situation of mine is proof as to why having a fully stocked pantry of ready-to-eat foods is imperative to how well you get through said disaster. So in my classes and, and presentations, my public speaking, I will often dive a bit deeper when stating, you know, disasters are relative. And what I mean by that is a disaster does not have to be a nuclear event or a major hurricane A relative disaster could be losing your job, um, a car accident, leaving you injured and needing rehabilitation. Like me, my ankle break and my ligament tear. It has rendered me unable to walk for the past seven weeks. It's, It's rendered me unable to drive my truck or even care for myself alone. A relative disaster could be a death in the family or a prolonged power outage. Whatever the case may be, it is imperative to have at least a three-month supply of food waiting in the wings to help making surviving a disaster that much easier. Now, while I've been very blessed to have loving friends and family to support me initially, um, as the weeks drew on, however, everyone went back to their lives, and rightfully so. Those of us who have had experienced a disaster we will gladly accept and we need that initial support. But many of us are then left with limited assistance as the weeks wear on. Not to mention, if you're anything like me, 
you strive hard to have your independence back and it doesn't come back very quickly. <laughs> so um, situations like this, they force us to remain mentally tough and positive because the alternative, right, being negative and down on ourselves, that will impede our healing process. So I'm not gonna lie, um, it does get tougher the less and less people that come around. So thankfully, I had a well-stocked pantry to see me through. But even then, having a well-stocked pantry, right, it has its own set of challenges. In my case, not being able to preserve meals or prepare meals for myself or even shower without support has been a very humbling experience, to say the least. Um, having groceries delivered sounds like a great idea, right? Until it hit me. I was literally unable to prep or cook anything of great detail. So for the first four weeks, I used crutches and doing so rendered my hands almost completely useless, right? I'm on the crutches, so I can't be on the crutch supporting all of my weight on one foot because I can't put any weight on the broken ankle, right? I can't be on those crutches, maintain my balance and use my hands. So I could only basically get up to use the restroom or go to bed because I had to keep my foot elevated while it was healing in a splint. And see, that's the other thing is those of you that know me, I'm a go-getter. I'm always on the go. I'm in 50 directions. I am super busy. And to be forced to be idle was very, very challenging. Now, these past two weeks, I've been blessed to wear this, as I call it, my incredibly sexy gray boot <laughs> that protects my ankle while I'm moving around a bit more, which is also part of the recovery. I can't stay idle forever, and I do have to get up and move around a bit. Um, oh, and my good friend, she lent me her super cool scooter. So that has also helped give me back the use of my hands so I can rest my leg on the scooter. But even with my newfound mobility, I am still very limited and cannot be upright for very long due to circulatory issues from not using my entire leg and foot this, this what, past six weeks. Not to mention... Um, it's quite painful. <laughs> so while I've been doing a great job healing and recovering, um, I am also blessed to say the pain has gotten less. But there was a period of time that even something like a 20-minute shower, um, that last, uh, well, it had to end in 20 minutes because I couldn't take the pain anymore, right? So where has this unexpected injury left me with regards to eating nutritionally these past six weeks? Well, I could have spent a fortune on DoorDash for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, or I could head to my pantry and simply, uh, simply pop open a jar of home canned food or tap into my dry goods storage. This adventure, as I like to call it, has really forced me to look at my pantry in a whole new light. It has shown me the areas in which I need to expand my canning and shopping endeavors, the various meals and recipes that I gravitated to, uh, and, and because of nutrition and ease. Um, it's also uh, shown me some areas of my food preservation that I can either phase out 
or drastically reduce so I may focus my time, energy, and resources in other areas that have proven me more worthwhile. So in today's episode, I'm going to share with each of you some of these very discoveries in hopes that I get you really thinking about, you know, the recipes and food types that you'll actually use and or consume when times are tough or you're facing a disaster similar to mine. Now, I totally understand that what I emphasize here in today's podcast, um, disasters are relative, what may work for me may not work for you, and that's okay. However, what I want you to do is pay close attention to the thought process behind it all to help you better determine what foods to preserve, which methods of food preservation to focus on, and which food groups and recipes make sense so that you too may be prepared in an unfortunate disaster. Okay, let's dive in. To start, I want to focus on a summary of what I've learned. Um, while I've considered myself to have a very well-rounded pantry, it became really clear to me what I must have available if I'm going to easily consume a nutritional meal three times a day. And this all stems from what foods I gravitated to each time I needed to eat these past six weeks. For instance, when you think of breakfast, lunch, and dinner needing to be consumed every day for six weeks to keep your strength up as you heal, it can instantly become an overwhelming task. Heck, we all suffer from this task on a good day, right? I mean, let alone in times of disaster. You know, how many of us have literally sat there and struggled, you know, what am I going to make for dinner today? I mean, that is a, a, a constant battle when you're well and life is going good, let alone when things flip on its head. Breaking it down, there's seven days in a week, 42 days in the six-week time frame, and that totals 126 meals that I now need to consume throughout the course of it all. Just hearing the number 126 is enough to give us anxiety, right? So each day it became clearer and clearer what I wanted to consume versus what I was capable of creating to consume. For instance, I usually stand at my stove for each meal taking an average of about eh, five to 15 minutes, prepping some type of ingredient list. Taking breakfast, for example, again, I prefer to make from fresh eggs. Um, I'll often fry up some bacon or some type of sausage, and I'll toast some rye bread. I love, you know, getting a pint or quart jar of my dry packed potatoes to fry up, and that helps complete the meal. And this entire process on a good day, it's relatively easy, and it takes an average of about 20 minutes to have breakfast on the table for me and my daughter. Well, that easeability went straight out the window, given the fact I could not be upright for very long, and I was limited, limited in what I could have access to given my circumstances. Now, what I mean by that is my toaster resides above my refrigerator. I can't climb right now. I can't even get, get to it if I wanted to. All of my extra frozen meat is in the deep freezer in my garage, which I'm now no longer able to gain access to because of the stairs. Uh, my ability to clean up dishes and scrub multiple pots and pans and load a dishwasher, it's downright impossible right now. 
So what did I gravitate to from my pantry items to help make eating something healthy an easy experience while I recover? In a nutshell, meals in a jar saved my bacon. Pun totally intended. <laughs> See, there is fun having a variety of pickled items, vegetables, you know, your traditional pickles, uh, salsas and fruits. That's all fun stuff to have on your pantry and it's an easy gateway into canning. However, none of these items could provide me with the sustenance I so desperately needed. I mean, I love my pickled asparagus, don't get me wrong, but a quart jar full of pickled asparagus is hardly considered a meal. So what did I pick for breakfast? My go-to was home canned corned beef hash. I often would have cereal with milk. And I also ate a lot of my dried stored oatmeal. Why? Because it's considered, or it, it, it's consistent of um, one bowl, right? Um, I didn't have to dirty a bunch of pots and pans. If I had to heat something up, it'd be one bowl. Uh, that I would eat from and maybe one saucepan, right? So there was a convenience factor. Also, corned beef with hash as well as oatmeal, those are filling stick-to-the-ribs nutritional meals that would sustain me until lunch. Um, the choice for cereal was merely based on convenience, don't get me wrong, and that's also in my dry goods storage. Uh, I love honey bunches of oats, <laughs> and I will often you know, slice up a banana. But the real sustenance came from something that was, you know, going to give me a, a protein as well as a carb. Um, other breakfasts consisted of one pan meals or skillets. So I would take either um, home canned beef tips or home canned corned beef or even a, a pint of home canned chicken. I'd also take a pint of home canned potatoes and I'd toss pretty much everything into one skillet, fry it up, throw in a, an egg and scramble it, and then uh, you know make this one skillet meal that I could eat off of, not just that breakfast morning, but I would reserve it for a couple additional breakfasts um, by you know storing it in the refrigerator. And now, yes, of course, I've got some dirty jars to contend with, but I can leave those set, and now I just have one pan to scrub and reuse. That's pretty much all I would have the ability to be upright long enough for. And um, I wouldn't have been able to do it without my home canned goods. Now, lunch consisted of a variety of soups. Those were, those were easy for me. Again, everything's in one jar. Um, I ate things like my carrot soup recipe, asparagus soup, my favorite is my chicken tortilla soup. Um, that is hearty and gave a variety of, of um, ingredients. Uh, lentil soup was also another one I gravitated to. And then the one I recently posted on my website at canningdiva.com was the ham and navy bean soup that also had carrots and kale. Uh, very delicious, very hearty. Uh, my other go-to for lunch was my Irish bean stew. That has pinto beans, cabbage, carrots, and sweet potatoes. It's absolutely delicious. That one's also on my website as well as social media. And it is just super easy. It's, it's hearty and delicious. 
And plus it's power packed with nutrients, which is what I needed while I was recovering. And for those of you who are, you know, you're new to canning or you're like me where you're um, eating lunch a lot on your own, um, a pint-sized jar is a perfect portion for one person when it comes to soups and stews and the ease of heating and eating and cleanup. So keep that in mind when you're canning. Dinner, however, namely consisted of meals in a jar. I'm not going to lie. It truly made my life easier and saved me so much time and money eating from my pantry during my recovery. Meals, I mean good meals, such as chicken cacciatore, burritos in a jar, fajitas in a jar, chicken pot pie filling. I I even was able uh, to make some chicken salad sandwiches using my home canned chicken. Others were like beef tips and gravy. Um, It was easy for me to boil up some egg noodles and and have that. I really had fun um, and ate quite well, all things considered. And none of these meals in a jar took up, you know, much time or required me to stand for great lengths of, of time either. So, I mean, it was, it was a true blessing. Now, as time drew on and I was able to round out my meals, I could incorporate various jars of fruits and vegetables. And of course, you know, I'd have the occasional PB&J using my home canned jam, you know, for lunch or something like that Um, for a snack. Yes, of course, as time drew on, I was able to um, have, you know, um, salsa and chips and, and things of that nature. But you can easily see where the real sustenance came from. Now, Throughout all of this, it wasn't um, me just taking note of of what I was gravitating towards. I also paid close attention to what I didn't eat. Now, the common attribute here with everything I did consume was obviously using a pressure canner. I was able to preserve all of these low-acid recipes for long-term storage because I used a pressure canner to preserve them. The majority of what I consumed, yes, kept me well-fed, provided me nutrition, gave me the convenience I needed, and I wouldn't have been able to do any of it had I not used a pressure canner. So those of you on the fence as to whether or not this is your year, you're going to take up pressure canning and break through the fear and all of the you know mental barriers and, and get that pressure canner to work, I highly, highly encourage you, now's the time to do it. Because without it, Uh, Everything I just told you about, everything I ate during the hardest four weeks of my recovery would have never happened had I not gotten over the fear of using the pressure canner and created these delicious meals. Now, what didn't I eat from my pantry? The answer to this question is what I took inventory of and what I evaluated And then answered, you know, the question of, okay, well, why? Why didn't I eat it? You know, this information that I collected is something I'm going to now use into this year's 2022, you know, canning calendar. So let's dive into some of the things I I didn't eat. So within that first four weeks, boy, say that 10 times fast. Within that first four weeks of, of my recovery, which was probably the most grueling, okay, Um, Some of the things I didn't eat from my pantry consisted of home canned tomatoes, 
uh, pickled items, chutneys. I didn't eat any of my home canned beans like pinto or navy. I didn't use any of my stacks or my broths. I didn't use a lick of my dehydrated or freeze-dried goods, not a single one. And I didn't use dry pantry items like flour, sugar, or dried beans during any of this time, none of it. Now, the main theme as to why I didn't use these items was because they all required some type of preparation or they were foods used when creating a full-on recipe on the stovetop. You know, given my circumstances, I needed something I could eat straight away that required little to no prep work or something that I could just simply heat and eat. Now, thankfully, as I entered week five and six of my recovery, I was able to be up a bit longer because the pain subsided. Um, I was uh, part, part of my overall goal to becoming more independent and mobile, you know, was to get to that level of um, pain tolerance so I could move around. Um, the first meal I made when I was able to get up and, and move a bit was a stock pot full of beef ramen soup. I think those of you that that followed me on um, Facebook and Instagram at Canning Diva, you all were just so wonderful and and applauded me because I think you all understood just how hard this has been. And I was so happy to finally be in my kitchen for more than just a few minutes. I could actually enjoy creating a meal using my scooter. And I took my home canned beef stock um, place that in the stock pot with a, a variety of ingredients, uh, like the sliced onions and bok choy. Yeah. I was actually able to slice and, and do some food prep. It was, it was so exciting. Uh, and, and I was also able to access my freezer so I could thaw out some meat. I mean, that doesn't sound like a lot, but when you are, have pretty much been incapacitated for a month, unable to even, uh, shower without some level of supervision, being able to make this beef ramen was like, it was like heaven for me. It, it was definitely worth celebrating. And I was happy to celebrate with all of you online. Um, but think about it. It took me five weeks to get to that point. So do you see where I'm going with all of this? Now, don't misunderstand me. Why I'm sharing all of this and, and, and what I shared doesn't mean that the items I was unable to use in my pantry during that tough time are now useless or don't provide some type of value during times of disaster. They do. However, in my case and many others who are recovering from surgery, accidents, or impairments, just having a ready-made meal in a jar and pre-made soups and stews, it's a real lifesaver. So where should we focus our energy and our food efforts? Um, what does this mean for all of us food preservationists who, who wish to have a well-rounded pantry, who preserve food in jars, but who also take part in dehydrating and freeze-drying and dried food storage? It means to keep doing so. I mean, honestly, don't, don't stop, okay? Just be sure that when you're planning your food preservation calendar out for the, you know, canning year or the preservation year or the season, make sure that you're incorporating meals for up to four weeks of consumption 
So if you too are in a similar unfortunate situation, you have the nutrition and the convenience from your home pantry. Use that math that I gave to you earlier. Make sure that when you're taking inventory of your pantry, you have 126 things, 126 meals, a variety, breakfast, lunch, dinner. You have these waiting in the wing. Now, be mindful, too, of uh, what you consume regularly. You know, what? Are, where are you putting your food preservation efforts? You know, while it's awesome to use a dehydrator for every fruit and vegetable under the sun, ask yourself, are you consuming it regularly? Have you attempted a meal or created a recipe to date using your dehydrated goods? Would you use what you dehydrated in the event of a disaster? Especially if your access to fresh water is limited, for instance, uh, during a power outage. While food preservation as a whole is essential to being self-sufficient and prepared, it is most important to consider where your overall time is spent in various methods of food preservation. What I personally learned is I need to have 80% of my pantry stocked with foods in a jar, with 90% of those home canned goods being meat, vegetables, meals in a jar, soups, and stews. The remaining 10% of my effort for canning, okay, that can be spent on jam, pickled items, chutney, things of those nature. I will also ensure my chicken, beef, and vegetable broths and stacks are substantial because those can carry me through a whole year or two, you know, based on the fact that so many meals are started from them. Plus, it is a excellent way to provide yourself with hydration and nutrition because the broth or stock can be consumed as is, especially if water is a scarcity. Now, with 80% of my energy geared towards canning, okay, I now know that 20% is remaining, and I have to divide up that time in my calendar, because, you know, we only have so much time, I have to take 20% of my time on supplementing my pantry with dried stored items like beans, rice, flour, things of that nature, as well as dehydrated foods like fruits, vegetable, and meat, uh, meat jerky, anytime. Uh, like if you do turkey or beef or chicken, just any type of jerky to give you that level of protein. So what works for me, I want you to just hear me out and, and, and play the podcast over if you need to, to just kind of get some of these questions to sink in because what is going to work for my pantry, needing you know 80% of my stocked items to be canned goods, that might not necessarily work for your household or your life um, or what you consume, right? Now, freeze-dried goods, that's, that is a little bit different of a topic because freeze-dried goods have a lengthy shelf life, okay? And they retain almost 99% of their nutritional value. Um, I can put my mind at ease without worrying about those foods and having to replenish them until we start nearing their expiration date. However, because freeze-drying is becoming such a popular in-home method of food preservation, I highly encourage those of you who have purchased a freeze-dryer to start canning water. If the bulk of your food reserves are freeze-dried and dehydrated foods, it is imperative to have potable water stored. For the reason, 
without rehydrating your freeze-dried and dehydrated goods, many foods are not digestible as they wreak havoc on your digestive system. They're too sharp to be eaten over the course of any length of time uh, without being rehydrated first. Many others, uh, like meat, for instance, it's just not palatable or pleasant to consume if it's not rehydrated. So if your intent is to have a food supply to use during times of disaster and you're gravitating more towards freeze drying and dehydrating, be certain to have water in your long-term storage plan. Well, I hope that I have given you so much to think about. I hope that I have uh, got those mental gears grinding and I hope that I've given you a new perspective when looking at your pantry items and your preservation calendar for the year. And I know we focus heavily in our, in our conversations about canning. Um, so just take a step back and take some inventory of what is going to work for you and your household, especially because we're at the start of the 2022 canning season. If you have any questions or you want to bounce some ideas off of me, or if, if because for the sake of time here today, I haven't touched on something in particular, shoot me an email. I'm available at diane at canningdiva.com. That's diane with one N, D-I-A-N-E, at canningdiva.com. And let's keep this, this dialogue going. I'll be happy to answer your questions um, in, a, in an upcoming podcast because I really am, am passionate about us all doing what it takes to be preserved or to be pre prepared, excuse me, uh, when a disaster strikes. And again, um, look what I just went through, right? So um, definitely take the time, shoot me an email, or you're welcome to message me on Facebook or Instagram. Both of those can be found at Canning Diva. All right, you guys. I, I again, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Canning with the Diva. I look forward to getting back on track. Yay. Woohoo. And providing you with more helpful podcasts to support your food preservation needs. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to my podcast so that you are alerted every time I upload a new episode. And until then, happy canning. Thank you for listening. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Canning with the Diva. For tips, recipes, and techniques, please visit us online at canningdiva.com. <laughs>